Welcome back to the Mind, Heart, Muscle podcast with me, Matt Gallo, and my co-host, Ron White. Today, we're joined by Dr. Julie Fouché. Julie has planted her flag on the fitness industry over the last 10 years in some impressive and broad ways. After starting CrossFit in 2009, she quickly became a household name, if your household was filled with CrossFitters, that is. Julie went on to compete in the CrossFit Games four times. Across her four games appearances, she has never finished outside the top five. This incredible display was trumped by the fact that she was also traveling weekends as a member of the CrossFit seminar staff and attending medical school. Her last games appearance was in 2014 as she was committed to completing her residency and knew the stress that would come along. During this time, she was continuing to travel for seminars and she started the Pursuing Health podcast. When CrossFit Health formed, Julie was on the team who put MDs through the CrossFit Level 1 seminar. She worked as a liaison between the fitness community and her physician peers. She currently practices family medicine and is working to create long-lasting health through fitness by spearheading CrossFit's Precision Care, an initiative that connects doctors to members of CrossFit affiliates to create a plan for long-term health and fitness. We talk a lot about how Julie handled the stress of completing at a high level while working toward her MD and her passion and vision for the future with CrossFit Health. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple and share this with a friend. Now for the show. That's it. Julie Fouché. Yeah, you're here. Welcome to the show. Let's do it. <laughs> do you like do you like to go by doctor or is Julie okay? Julie's great. I'm very um I don't I don't normally go by doctor. I don't wear a white coat. I'm just just Julie. <laughs> you don't wear a white coat. What what kind of physician are you by the way at that right now? A family physician, family mm-hmm. doctor. So we take care of people from cradle to grave, basically, you know, little bit of everything primary care is that some oh it's a primary care okay is that what you wanted to do when you went into med school or is that did that take uh some time to think about no it's actually when i started med school was the one thing i thought i didn't want to do um (laughs) i i went (laughs) thinking you know i had a lot of interests and i even thought i had done some surgical research when I was in undergrad. And so I thought maybe even surgery or, you know, I knew I, I I thought I wanted to go into a specialty because I was always very like, well, let me understand this one thing really well. And be an Mm. expert, this one really narrow thing and primary care just seemed way too broad, too general. And, um, it seemed kind of boring really, because I, I had done a little bit of shadowing in primary care, but it was CrossFit that really helped me see the big picture and some of the problems with our healthcare system and how much I really wanted to be on the front end and the side of preventing disease instead of Mm. treating it. 
Um, and there's a lot of parallels too, I think, between CrossFit. Obviously, we're very general and we are special, mm. specializing and it's very similar to how we approach things in primary care. Could you take two to three minutes and, you know, give our listeners like your history um, in the CrossFit space and, and how it's led you to where you are now? Sure. Um, I'll do the best I can. Two to three minutes. Here we go. I mean, it could be shorter. It could be longer, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So I started CrossFit in 2009. So same year as you, Ron. And I was in college. It was the summer after my sophomore year. And I had sort of struggled with what to do um, athletically. Like I, I did gymnastics growing up through high school. I did track and field in high school. And then when I started college, I just didn't know what direction to go. I knew I wanted to be, to move my body. I knew that, um, you know, I, I liked working out. I liked being active, but I didn't know what to do. And so I went through this awkward phase that everybody does where you go to the gym and you just get on the elliptical or like whatever machines are there. And it just didn't feel very fulfilling. And as soon as I heard about what CrossFit was in the summer of 2009, it was immediately this is what I need to be doing because it just was such a great combination of all my interests and it was different every day. And the minute I walked into a CrossFit gym, it was, it felt like the gymnastics gyms I had grown up in and having a coach and people to work out with and, you know, pushing yourself to learn new things. It just felt right. And I, I really started it for my own health and fitness. I had no intentions of competing. I just wanted to get in shape and um, have a good time and so I did that. And then it was only a few months in that a few other people from my gym decided they wanted to start doing local competitions. So my coach did some extra programming for us and we started doing local competitions. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And the next thing I know, I'm at the CrossFit Games in 2010. And then it was really just this roller coaster of being, I think, entering the sport at the right time where we were all growing so quickly and everyone was getting fitter year after year. And so I competed in CrossFit from 2010 through 2015. And during that time, I was also in the process of applying to med school and um, starting med school. And then um, I ended up taking a year away from competition in 20, the 2013 season. So I could focus on med school because it was just it was my second year. It was a lot more demanding and it wasn't really going to be possible to train at the level I needed to train at. And then I came back and competed 2014, 2015 before I knew I had to kind of go full force back into medical training to finish med school and go into residency. Um, and my, <clears throat> my, the 2015 season ended a little bit short. Um, I ended up tearing my Achilles at regionals, which was not the way I planned um, to end my, my season or my career, but it ended up being like just this, one of the most powerful moments of my life, um, just experiencing that and the, the support of the CrossFit community. Um, and so then I just went in, finished med school, did residency in family medicine. And during that time, I was also really lucky that I, I had started training as part of the CrossFit seminar staff in 2013. And I worked seminars sporadically when my schedule allowed. And then in 2018, this is way longer than two or three minutes, by the way, <laughs> we're, we're golden. Keep going. <laughs> um, in 2018, Greg Glassman, then the founder of CrossFit decided he was going to launch this initiative called CrossFit health. And as part of that, he wanted to host CrossFit level one seminars for doctors. And so 
I started getting involved in that and going to teach those seminars to doctors. We did one about every month or two for a couple of years. And it was the perfect opportunity for me to be able to teach CrossFit, which I'm so passionate about, and also connect with a lot of other doctors who are doing CrossFit because um, they're really seeing a lot of the patients on the front lines who can benefit most from CrossFit. And, and there's a lot of, I think, um, stereotypes about what CrossFit is in the medical community. And a lot of people are afraid of it. And a lot of people don't necessarily understand the methodology. Um, and the doctors who are doing CrossFit are often feeling very isolated because they understand that CrossFit is a solution to a lot of the problems that our patients are facing, but the people around them in the hospitals and systems that they're working in don't necessarily see that. And so it was a great way for them to be able to network with each other and support each other and share ideas for here's what I'm doing in my community. And here's how I'm bridging that gap between my practice and my affiliate. And so it was a, it was just a cool experience. And, and we were also able to learn a lot about some of the, the problems with modern medicine and modern um, health research. Um, we had great speakers come in and, and speak on different topics. And so it was cool to be part of that initiative. And then that has subsequently led in now that we're under new leadership with Eric Rosa um, to some just new things with CrossFit Health and really focusing on a lot of solutions and networking all types of healthcare providers and um, and bringing a real true primary care offering to the CrossFit community, which is CrossFit Precision Care. So that was a lot of stuff, but we can <laughs> dig in <laughs> to whatever you want. Six minutes, 43 seconds. No. <laughs> right. no, I wasn't timing it. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that you said when you tore your Achilles. That was a powerful was, moment for you. I was watching that when that I was, happened. That was my first, my first yeah. open was that year, I believe, or something like that. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was powerful for the community. Um, and I imagine just as much for you, can you, what did, what did you feel um, during that? And then like after, during the recovery, what was that like for you? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I had sort of, it had always sort of been my worst fear was tearing my Achilles. And I had had some issues with my calves and my, I had a lot of plantar fasciitis. And ironically, I had been feeling great leading up to, so I I had kind of stopped doing a lot of rebounding box jumps unless it was a competition. But leading up to that competition, I actually felt great um, up until the very day before I remember going for a jog and feeling like "Hmm, my my Achilles kind of hurts a little bit. and so when it happened, I, I sort of knew right away what had happened and it's exactly what people say. Like, it feels like somebody just hit you in the back of the leg. I thought a barbell rolled over from the next lane and landed on my leg. And I looked back and oh. there was nothing there. Um, but then it really hit me. I think as I walked off the floor and was sitting over by the, the medical tent and realized, okay, this actually happened. And so it was very emotional at first. And then, um, luckily the next event was a handstand walk, which was something that I didn't need my Achilles for. And so when someone, I think it was Adrian Bosman came over and asked if I was going to do it. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, why not? (laughs) And so it just was so, it was such a cool moment that I was able to do that. And then, um, after the, that event, this is why I say it was so powerful. I remember standing on the opposite side of the floor and I think I was doing an interview and everyone else had already left the floor. And then I finished the interview and I turned around because you had to walk all the way across the floor to get back to the athlete warm-up area. 
And I looked and nobody was there. And all I see was the crowd. And I just felt like so much support. Like I just like teared up and it just felt like the whole CrossFit community was there lifting me up. And it was such a cool experience and something that I think happens in every affiliate every day in little ways where, you know, you cheer on the person who's finishing last or someone who's struggling to get a new skill and we're all there for each other. But this was, it was such a privilege to be able to feel that on such a big scale in such a public way. Um, because that's what, you know, that's what makes CrossFit so special. So it was, it was hard, but it was, you know, amazing to have the support from the whole community. And the, you also got to come out for the last event, right? Because it was the ring muscle ups and the squat cleans. I did. Yeah. I ended up competing the, the whole rest of the weekend. <clears throat> and I almost, I think I did, you know, obviously I couldn't snatch as much. There's a one rep max snatch. And then there was oh, a right. and push-up workout. So I did that one pretty much, you know, without much um, problem, but it was just the last event there was heavy clean. So I wasn't able to finish that final event, but I was able to be out on the floor for all of them, which was super cool and a totally different, it was so almost <laughs> so freeing um, after for so many years, having so much pressure, especially in those regional events to just be out there having fun. It was a blast <laughs> with, with no pressure. Was it tough to flip that switch in the moment or did it just happen? I think it just happened. Um, and I think it was fun because I had that opportunity that it actually allowed me to continue the next year. I ended up coming back to regionals. I didn't train extra. I did, you know, an hour a day. I was in my clinicals in med school, but I ended up qualifying to regionals the next year and it did the same thing. I came back and just had fun and it was so much fun, but I think, I don't know if I had ha not had that experience the year before with my Achilles, if I would have been able to do that, I think it would have been hard to go back and not feel like I was at my best and have like put extra pressure on myself that, that wasn't necessary. So it was a good experience. Sounds like a, sounds like a memorable experience. It was for sure. Yeah. One of those things that just, there's like before that and then after that, right. There's, <laughs> it's like one of those transitional yeah. moments. Did you have a plan though, for when you were going to stop competing or was that something that you had just, you know, you, you were going to do it as long as you can. What was that, that decision like, or that process? Yeah, that was always my plan was to stop competing after the 2015 season. So I had, I was in med school and I had actually extended my school an extra year, even to be able to compete one more year. And so I knew I had to finish to finish my last two years of med school, which are the clinical years. Um, there was just no way to be able to train that much. Like you're working 12 plus hour days. You're not really sleeping a lot. You're working on the weekend. So it just wasn't um, going to be possible. And so I knew I had to, you know, if I wanted to continue on in medicine, I knew I needed to, to kind of give put a limit on my competition mm. years and that was what it was for me that was always uh i remember that was that was something that was very impressive like like there's certain there's some people you look at and and you know people in the crossfit space we can name so many that have been inspirational over the years and especially if you've done it long enough and i remember when i started listening to your podcast and you would talk about being a medical student, being a resident. 
And then I remember you competing, like watching you compete and the tenacity you had and the, the commitment and discipline, you know, that's definitely something that is it's so inspiring for people. And I was, I always you know, thought like, how does she do it? <laughs> how do you like, because I, at one point I was, uh, you know, I, I studied a lot of things in college. I moved, I transitioned different majors. And at one point I did all of my pre-med because I wanted to go into medicine and, um, mm-hmm. And that shit was hard. <laughs> it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of like, it took a lot of mental energy. And at the time I was also swimming competitively. And I found myself, you know, studying while I'm sitting on this, on the bench in between, uh, you know, during a swim meet or, uh, you know, trying to make as much time and still feeling behind on both on the practice, the swim practice and, and the studying. How did you do that? And like, was that something you were born with? Was it something you always had in you, like the ability to manage your time so well and that drive? Well, thank you. That was all very nice. Um, and I think, <laughs> I don't know if I always managed it so well. Um, I remember, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, I remember times when I was, especially when I was studying for board exams, where I'd be doing flashcards or like answering questions in between my sets while I was doing some squats or something like that. Um, but I think for me, it was really, it was really about, and I had a hard time getting to this place. Like I went through some like dark times getting to this place, but for me, it was all about understanding what my purpose was that I was identifying with and then how these endeavors supported that and then really prioritizing and committing to them. And then once I did, it was, I'm, I have always been very good at being focused. So like, I, I really didn't get caught up in anything if it wasn't related to school and it wasn't related to whatever I needed to do to be at my best at the CrossFit games, I probably wasn't doing it, which allowed me to do both of those things for a couple of years. But it also, I think had some negative consequences, which I've worked through subsequently, because when you're doing both of those things, to a high degree and you're so focused on them, you tend to not have a lot of balance and let other things fall that are potentially important. And especially for me, um, I think that's something that I just started to catch up with in the last like year and a half after I finished residency, because it had, I'd always been living my life like that, whether it was school, gymnastics, CrossFit, whatever, it was always like focus on these goals, you know, train, achieve the goal. And then what's the next thing? Do you feel, do you feel as if some of the sacrifices you made, you missed out on anything or are you happy with the, where you are right now through that journey? Oh, I'm very happy with where I am. I think that all of those things were like learning experiences were things that I could go through and I wouldn't change any of it. Um, I think if I, you know, now moving forward in my life now, I think that, um, I like, I just have different priorities. Um, but I think at that stage in my life, I think, um, you know, I'm really proud of everything that I, that I did. That's awesome. (laughs) So moving forward with CrossFit health, um, what's, what's the most important thing that you can tell us about your role in that and the direction that it's going in? Sure. So I kind of mentioned earlier about how CrossFit Health started and 
we've really taken a step back, like taken this year of transition with the, with leadership to try to assess what, you know, what can CrossFit Health be and what do people want it to be. And so now moving forward, there we're just trying to meet those needs and coming out with, with offerings and support that, um, that are going to be best for the community. And so one of those things, which kept coming up over and over again was healthcare and how well positioned CrossFit is to deliver healthcare because it's what we've always been about, you know, ever since the beginning, we've talked about the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum and nutrition and, um, fitness in hundred words. And it's part of our definition of CrossFit and health. Um, and so it just was sort of a natural thing for us. And we, and we have so many members of our community who are frustrated because they're not receiving healthcare that's consistent with what they're hearing in the gym and their doctors are maybe telling them to stop doing CrossFit or that it's dangerous or things like that. And so um, basically as part of that, uh, a company that I started working for um, last year partnered with CrossFit to deliver um, primary care, which is called CrossFit Precision Care. So it's a telemedicine service. It's primary care, but it's also not just the standard primary care you would get in your, you know, in a regular office, but it's one step beyond. It's looking at, you know, a precise personalized plan for each patient um, based on what your needs are, what your goals are, what your lifestyle is. Um, we have all doctors and health coaches who all do CrossFit and care coordinators who do CrossFit. So it is very much embedded in the CrossFit community and methodology. It's definitely helpful to, um, to have doctors who can relate and who understand. Um, and that's, you know, when you go to a an orthopedic doctor for some, one of the, an injury or, um, or even if you have a chronic condition, and they don't understand what's in, what's actually important to you. They just tell you, yes, yeah, stop doing that. <laughs> stop doing deadlifts or, um, you know, you need, you need to rest more. Right. And because like, that's great. And they're, they're missing the, the, the mark. They're missing the quality of life part. And that was always the, that was always the problem that I saw with, um, personally with healthcare and why I decided to not go into, into medicine. Mm -hmm. um, and I went into CrossFit instead, cause it actually helped people, <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. I wonder, I really do wonder if I hadn't already been in the process of applying to med school when I was, and I started doing CrossFit, mm -hmm. I wonder if I would have, um, continued. You're in a good position though, a really unique position because of your, um, your leverage with the CrossFit community and your knowledge of the the sport aspect and relatability to that. Plus, um, you know, having been on seminar staff and seeing firsthand in different affiliates with different people, like what the problems are that most people are having in the affiliates, plus being a doctor, right? That's, that's something that definitely gives you that, um, it, it's, it's a niche in a way, right? That you wouldn't have had otherwise if you decided oh, yeah. not to pursue medicine. Absolutely. It's a really cool perspective and it's amazing. I mean, it's just mind blowing for me to, to think about all the different experiences that I've been able to have to up until this point and how mm -hmm. now we're, we're looking at bringing this primary care offering to the CrossFit community that is so unique. 
um, and what potential impact that that could have on healthcare more broadly eventually one day. So what does that look like to you? What do you envision like success with this program? Well, I see what I see is most unique is just the ability to pair what's happening in the affiliates with healthcare and then connect, you know, connect that to the healthcare system. So, you know, I think for me, just like you said, when I started in med school, my first couple of years, I was spending, you know, a half day, day in a primary care office every week and just learning the basics of, of medicine. And there it right away was really obvious that nobody's getting healthier in a primary care office. People are generally getting sicker and sicker and needing more and more medication because you have 15 or 20 minutes with somebody every three months, every six months. It's just not the right setting to be able to actually create health. But then, you know, same, luckily, same time, I'm going to CrossFit affiliates and training and seeing all these incredible changes, you know, people's dramatically changing their lives. Like this is why you decide to go into CrossFit instead of medicine, because people are getting healthier and they're coming off medications and they're reversing their chronic disease. And it was just so obvious that like, this is where we create health. We're having much more success there than we are in an office. And so to me, I really think that's like, that is the key to us actually changing our health as a society um, and to be able to decrease the burden on the healthcare system. I think the healthcare system is important. I think sick care is important when people have accidents and emergencies and acute issues, but so much of what it's currently holding is just due to these lifestyle related, um, complications and diseases. And so I think that the unique opportunity to connect that community environment that's putting into practice you know, the most effective fitness program, nutrition, you know, especially putting more emphasis on things like sleep and recovery and the way that we can then pair that with the biomarkers to, to be able to actually look, you know, look inside and see, okay, how are we doing? Are there other things that need to be addressed? Um, now we're really creating health. And I think that if we do that and we see how it works, I think there's just, and with the magnitude of CrossFit, I think that there's such potential to then get the attention of, you know, larger health systems to say like, wow, there's something here. Maybe we need to rethink what primary care looks like. It's not necessarily something that has to happen in a doctor's office. Maybe it happens out in the community. What, what, um, what obstacles do you see right now? Or what's something that's block that's what, what kind of roadblocks are there preventing that from happening? That's a great question. I think one of the biggest ones is um, that's hard is insurance. Um, just because there's this model called direct primary care, which is gaining more and more traction in general um, across the US, which is a completely outside of insurance model, membership-based model for primary care. And many people are going there regardless of just, just to get routine primary care, but because they want access to a doctor, to be able to talk to their doctor when they need to, to be able to spend the time that they need to, to have longer visits. Um, and so that's gaining traction. And so that's the model that we're using. Although it's just hard for people who are already paying a lot of money for insurance to be able to wrap their heads around how that could be more cost-effective. Um, and, and, but my, my sort of thought is, is that if we can prove 
that it works. And if we can compare it to a conventional model and show that it actually ends up saving money overall, mm. then maybe there's a place for it in the insurance system or maybe the insurance system changes. Maybe we just use it for emergencies mm. um, and people reallocate their funds instead of paying these super high premiums to you know, paying something for routine primary care and prevention the same way we pay for a gym membership, same way we pay to go get a massage or see a chiropractor. Um, but then your insurance is there for when you really need it. We've and been so conditioned to uh, believe our ins- the insurance programs work well in our favor. Totally. Um, and I've been, you totally. know, I've been paying insurance for years and uh, have not used it in years until my wife, you know, got pregnant and we had a baby. Like that's the first time we used it in three years. Right. <laughs> we we're paying but all this money. Like- you need it. Wait, when you need it, you really need it, right? Like when yeah. something happens, that's what it's for. And it's funny, like in a lot of these um, direct primary care um, circles, they talk about how, you know, for your car insurance, that doesn't cover your oil changes. It doesn't cover your car washes. Like there's mm-hmm. sort of this distinction between the things you do to keep your car in good shape and healthy versus when you get in an accident. And I, I sort of think you know, personally, I wonder if maybe it's better for us to keep those things separate because otherwise the incentives are just so misaligned, um, you know. For, for who, for the insurance company, for the doctors? Yeah, I think that the insurance company, um, you know, it's the more, the more visits that you have, the more that they're gonna get paid and the more like billing yeah. that you do, the more prescriptions versus if someone's healthy and they never come in, like they don't need medical care. <laughs> How does this other model work? And uh, and how how does it work? Why should why should I pursue it? And you know what is the benefit? Yeah. So, are you talking about direct primary care in general? The I, I believe so. Yes. There's there was a lot that just happened. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yes, Ron specifically about direct primary care and then about cross-strip precision care. So direct primary care is just the payment model. Okay. So it's saying you're going to say, instead of going and using my insurance to go to a primary care doctor for a checkup, I'm going to pay a primary care doctor a monthly fee to be part of their practice. And with that, what I'll get is being able to usually schedule same day or next day visits, be able to call up and talk to my doctor whenever I need something to be able to have longer visits. A lot of times there'll be additional sort of services that are part of that membership fee. And then um, a lot of people, when they do that, they will then go to a higher deductible insurance plan. So instead of paying, I don't know, $500 a month for your health insurance, maybe you pay $300 a month, but it's really only there for emergencies. Like if you hit, you know, you need get hospitalized or need emergency room care or something like that. And so Crossroad Precision Care uses that model. So we don't bill insurance. We, it's a monthly membership fee. Um, but what we do is also really unique in that it's not just regular primary care. Like when you go in and they're going to probably, if you're a 20 or 30 year old healthy person, they're not going to do a whole lot for you. But for us, we want to look at all of the data that we have at our fingertips to try to help you be as healthy as possible. So whether that's looking at your performance data in the gym, whether that's 
looking at your lab, we get a really extensive lab panel on all of our patients, your DNA, um, any wearable data. So if you're wearing you know, an HRV monitor or you're tracking your blood glucose or tracking your sleep, we wanna look at that. Um, we wanna ask you all kinds of questions about your lifestyle, your goals, your family history, your medical history. And then we put all that together into a really personalized plan for each person. And we use that to guide you know, any goals that we're gonna set, any interventions that we're gonna do and how we're gonna retest objectively to know if those interventions are working. And then we help you implement that plan um, along with a doctor and a health coach. I love that model getting to how many people don't have a health plan. Like they don't actually know what they're doing for their health. They're just going to the doctor when they're sick, they're getting medicine. And, and if I'm hearing you correctly, it's all about optimizing health and, and, and creating like longevity and prevent and preventing the diseases, obviously we know how that works. And, uh, that I'm imagining that would save someone costs in the long run, you know, costs start to accrue as you get older, especially if you live an unhealthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. what is, have, has, have, has there been any, or are there any data on, um, the cost differential, you know, per, even if it's a projection between, per, you know, precision care and, you know, what someone would pay for insurance. Yeah. We like, have, or what they would save. Right. That's a great question. We haven't done that study to know. And I think also as precision care is mm-hmm. it's just, just new. starting, we don't have a lot of patients there, but, but um, I think there are plenty of other instances where we're seeing that cost savings when you do the prevention upfront, like whether it's reversing diabetes with lifestyle, um, some of these, you know, practices that are that are helping people do dietary interventions, losing weight, reversing insulin resistance, mm. that, that ends up saving in the long run in terms of like diabetes medications, complications from heart disease and strokes and things like that. Um, and then there's yeah. the the opportunity cost too, like because you're healthy, now you can continue to work or even get a, get a exactly. better job or feel better, feel more fulfilled. Exactly. Like those things are really invaluable. And so that's definitely the goal. Like the long-term goal is to, mm. to be able to roll this out and then to be able to answer that question and, mm-hmm. and look at like, what is, what are the different types of costs and where the, what are the different value propositions and how does that compare with conventional, the way that the primary care is being delivered conventionally? What's been, you mentioned before how, uh, how amazing all the uh, experiences have been for you and, and all the cool things you've gotten to do. What's been your, your favorite um, part of being part of this process of CrossFit health? What have you been able to do that's been really rewarding for you? Uh, um, that's a great question. I think for me, we're just so much at the beginning of this, but for me, I think it is this whole, just this opportunity to bring it all together. I mean, I feel like the luckiest person in the world that this was able to happen so soon. It was something that I always saw the potential for and thought might be possible maybe 10 mm-hmm. years from now, but the fact that it, that we were able to bring it together and that, you know, Eric really believed in it and that wild health was sort of in the right stage in the right time and 
started by two people who do CrossFit to be able to, and a, you know, an affiliate owner, like that we were able to make this all possible so that we have this opportunity to me just still blows my mind. Um, and we're so early on, like we mm-hmm. literally are just starting. So we have a lot of work to do and a lot to learn and a lot of different ways to grow. But I think just having this opportunity is such, um, it's just, it's crazy. Did when, when you were, uh, just getting started doing those L ones for, for doctors, those are all at the ranch or some of them were at the ranch. Correct. Yeah, the first and time. I remember, I remember seeing like, uh, you know, the, when they did the first one, it was there and, and, uh, you know, what was that like? And did you envision like what CrossFit health would turn into at that point? Um, even if it was different from what it is now. That's a great question. I mean, it was, it was just cool. Like it felt yeah. very much like, like CrossFit, like grassroots people mm-hmm. were excited to be there. There was the kind of the start of something new. And I don't think anyone thought it would go this direction. I think, I think that a big part of this happening was this transition leadership. And I think if Greg were still in, in the role of leading CrossFit, I, I don't think this would have happened. Mm. I think he just had a different approach. Um, and he was very much, you know, he wanted to expose the truth and he wanted, um, people to sort of figure out their own solutions. And I think that was Mm. always a conversation at the end of these MDL ones was, you know, everyone was so excited about what they had just talked about, what they had just learned. And they're like, well, what do we do next? Like, we're ready mm. to tell us what to do. Um, and so now I'm just excited to be able to have action, like to be able to, mm-hmm. to, to say like, well, here's what we can do, or here's what all these people are doing. Let's, let's kind of share best practices and figure out how we can best support our community. And, um, that's another thing that I'm just really excited about is, being able to give doctors an opportunity to see patients and practice in a way that's consistent with their values. Because I mean, I don't know very many people, especially in primary care who are super excited about the work that they're doing. I mean, they're there, um, but just the the system is so hard um, and it's so hard to do anything on your own unless you're in a direct primary care model. Um, I don't know a lot of people who just love the system. (laughs) So it's a really, Mm. a huge, um, just, it's really amazing to be able to try to create an environment where doctors can practice in a way that, that makes them enjoy what they do and and do it for the reasons why they got into it. I imagine that when you get into it, it's, uh, sorry. Yeah. When you get into it, it's, there's a lot of expectations of what you want to do and fulfilling your purpose. And like you said, aligning with mm-hmm. your values. And yeah, I imagine that it's, it's frustrating when, when you realize that it's, it's very different from what you're sold going into it, or even what you, what you imagine growing up, you know, I'm sure it's crossed your mind. Uh, that was just a thought, Ron, what are you, what were you going to say? I've been cutting I you was, off. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. I, I wanted to ask where, Cause you mentioned the affiliate owner. What can I do? All right. Um, where, where should I, if, if I want to be a part of this movement, what can I do for my members, for myself, uh, um, for the, for the, the primary care physicians in, in the area that I live in, how can I, how can I get their attention and what, what is, what is my role in this being an affiliate owner and a coach? 
That is a great question. Well, number one would be trying it out yourself. So we're, you know, we're just in a beta phase. So we're taking in, you know, relatively small numbers of patients and getting a lot of feedback and trying to understand how this works best um, and how we can adjust it to meet the needs of the community. But joining yourself to give feedback and see how it works and affiliate owners all get 50% off of the service, which is pretty awesome. Um, And then talking to your member, if it's something that you like and you feel like it's valuable, talking to your members about it. Anyone who's a member of a CrossFit affiliate gets 25, about 25% off of membership. Um, And we're working on other other ways for affiliate owners to be able to communicate that to their members, Um, giving us feedback, letting us know like how this could be better, how it works for your affiliate. Um, We do have opportunities for, as we're growing and expanding a lot in 2022, for doctors, health coaches, and care coordinators to work with us. So we're hiring full-time positions there. Um, And so we do have, even in our initial cohorts, um, we do have some affiliate owners who are working with us as health coaches, CrossFit trainers, um, a variety of different healthcare providers. So if there are healthcare providers in your box who are interested, especially like nurses, dietitians, um, anyone who, who has some healthcare experience who might want to work as a health coach, that's a great fit. Um, and then as far as your local other healthcare providers or local primary care doctors is just sharing with them about CrossFit, inviting them to see what you guys are doing in the gym. And also, you know, in the near future, we will have more ways through CrossFit health for them all to get involved, even if it's not directly through CrossFit precision care. Mm -hmm. That would make One sense, thing, right? Yeah, oh. for sure. One thing that you can do um, is we've we've started a CrossFit Health Instagram where we're really trying to feature all types of healthcare providers. And because this was a tough thing when when we when CrossFit Health originally started, it was really only about doctors and these level ones, and it was very isolating to other healthcare providers. And so we're really trying to highlight things that people are doing in the community all around the world. So if you have someone in your gym who's like. I don't know, a pharmacist who's doing something super cool with your affiliate, you know, let us know so we can feature them on the Instagram, at least in the short term, that's something we can do. What is something that would stand out that, you know, give us an example of, you know, what you're looking for in that realm? Um, oh, for the Instagram feature? You're yeah. About? Yeah. Well, for example, um, like this week, we are posting about a doctor named Jeff Meyer, who's a primary care doctor who took a cohort of patients from his own practice and put them, you know, did lab work and all kinds of tests beforehand, and then took them, started at the local affiliate, did a CrossFit program, I think for eight or 12 weeks, and then repeated all their labs. And they were able to see the improvements that they made through doing CrossFit and changing their diet and doing the stuff that we all do every day. Um, and then that just sort of creates a snowball effect and then more and more people, um, you know, want to, want to be involved. So it's getting those people, you know, in his practice who otherwise wouldn't walk into the doors of a CrossFit affiliate to now, um, maybe give it a shot. Here's a big question. Um, and I, I'm imagining, um, you know, this, the concept, I love the concept of getting away from the insurance companies and bringing everything toward optimization for health and preventative care and, and things of that measure. And how can you, 
or how do you ensure um, quality of service here? Like, how do you ensure results? Does the coach play a role? Is there an opportunity for coaches to level up and, you know, interact with doctors to help them help them like implement their plan in a, in a better way? That's a great question. So the way that we have right now, the um, care team structured is you have a doctor and a health coach or you're both having access to on telemedicine. And that's mainly due to the fact that we're starting small um, and we don't have enough people to cover every region. Long-term, my dream is to have a health coach in every affiliate so that you're working directly with your trainer or someone who is a trainer in your affiliate that you are seeing multiple times a week. Um, now in the short term, we are, we are really trying to be sort of your one source of truth for health. So anyone else that you're working with, we want to be part of the conversation. So if your patient is comfortable with it, like we want you to invite your CrossFit trainer to come to your appointment or to talk to your doctor, or if you're working with a nutrition coach, like we want them, you know, let's talk to them. Let's make sure we're all on the same page and come up with a plan together. Um, if you're working with a PT or an acupuncturist or, or anyone else, um, we want, the goal is for us to um, come up with a plan that's consistent for everybody. We, we don't want to be giving you advice that's conflicting with all of these different people that you may be working with. So really looking to blend the lines of medicine, holistic fitness, yeah. and like all, all of the, the combination that could be a part of that. That's really incredible to hear because, you know, um, you hear people talk about uh, things that have been around for literal thousands and thousands of years. And, you know, Western medicine in reality is still new mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and very financially driven. And, and it's, it's, it's great to know that there is a community working to make it more about what it should be about. And that's real health. Like, I think that's incredible. And, and, um, uh, and I feel like I'm on the team, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, being, cool. you know, being an affiliate owner and, and, you know, and paying attention to, you know, where CrossFit Health started uh, um, with the uh, MDL ones and, and stuff like that. So it's just really. That's the magic of being in the CrossFit community too, overall is being part of the, being part of the team, being part of the solution, as I believe Greg used to say, and, yeah. and getting the, and getting to be on the front lines and support people in, in ways and impact people in ways that were really not possible. Um, you know, it's not possible through medicine because we're getting to make change on a, you know, four to five day a week, five to six day a week basis versus, you know, maybe once a month or, mm -hmm. you know, 15, a 15 minute chat with your doctor is not enough every couple of months for a check-in or a physical exam, right. To optimize health or even keep people like keep people mobile. Totally. And it's just, I love how you talk about like this. It's like this whole spectrum, this whole continuum mm -hmm. from, you know, the lifestyle things you're doing every day, your trainer, your community to like, when do you need 
more advice, whether it's like a PT with some advice for a musculoskeletal issue or a dietitian or a doctor and, and how do we all work together on the same team? And with, with the, uh, you know, with technology that we have now, like it's, it would be so, so simple to connect your CrossFit coach to your, your healthcare practitioner. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and be able to coordinate and be able to work together. It's, it's eye-opening and it's, it's a great, um, it gives people who see coaching or see fitness as a career, a way, you know, a path, um, because the more people that are being helped overall, it's going to bring more people into the community, keep people in gyms longer. Mm-hmm. You would, you would hope, um, unless, they, our, get, unless they get our, bored. Our hope, yeah, is that it, <laughs> it would help people to feel like they're getting everything they need in their, in their CrossFit affiliate. Um, mm-hmm. What's, what's on what's next? What is, what is the, the next big move for you for, yeah, for you? (laughs) Well, I think for me, this has been just such a a crazy year. And for me, I think my next big move is really just getting this off the ground, like us being able to really scale, be able to take on a lot of patients, get feedback, direct the, the path of precision care in the right way to meet the needs of the community um, and, and just see it, it grow and expand. And then from there, I think it's, it's like, we've talked about earlier, it's using that data to really try to, um, affect change on a larger scale. That seemed, you know, when I remember, you know, we keep going back to this topic, but it's, it's a good topic. I love it. Um, but I remember, I remember, um, going to a CrossFit health conference at, at one of the CrossFit games, I think it was 2018 uh-huh. and, lis- and listening to um, all these speakers um, in an auditorium and it was just information that was out there already. And it was nothing that was new and nothing that was um, groundbreaking or helping us on the affiliate level or the coach level um, or helping even ho- helping the people within the community. It was just, it was a lot of information and it was great. Um, and now uh, what I'm seeing is that we're attacking it from the other side, creating the data on how we can actually implement change and how we can impact the, 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 the world. Because, yeah, like the solution that Craig came up with, or this concept that, that he developed was wonderful, except that it turned, uh, it turned toward, you know, one specific set of people, type of people. And the, we had a last week we did an interview with um, a physical therapist, Dr. Ray Gorman. And I asked his opinion on where, uh, you know, where he sees um, the role of the coach or the the trainer, even um, in healthcare, in at least in treatment for things like chronic disease and, and, uh, and things like that, or not treatment, but, healthcare. Yeah. Um, and, and his answer was interesting. It was that it's, it would be really difficult because of the people that we are able to reach through CrossFit. Cause there's a barrier. There's a big barrier of entry to get in, you know, there's a, there's still that perception that it's 
scary, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And and doc- doctors have it, although doctors, a lot of doctors do recommend exercise. Um, but mostly it's it's just like you talk to people and they either have they haven't even heard of it, um, or um they have this perception that it's too much, too intense, whatever story they tell themselves about it. Um, so the, the, there's, you know, that obstacle of like breaking through that barrier and getting to people who one, um, don't believe in it. Cause that's a big thing. Like people think it's all garbage and two, like people who can't afford it, people who aren't, you know, who need it the most, who are really suffering from, from the, from the things that we're trying to help with. Um, is that something that you see us getting, you know, getting away from or getting into like that, a new perception of what what this is, or will it always be around performance and um, the elite? No, I absolutely think that's a new focus. Um, and that is a focus moving forward. I think it's going to take some time. Um, you know, there's 20 years of perceptions that people have built about CrossFit, but I think that that is extremely important to so many people is that like, we see how powerful this is and how we really want it to be accessible to everybody and not just this elite population or this, this population of people who have already been athletic their whole lives. And they're going to get, you know, some benefit Mm -hmm. for sure from doing CrossFit, but the people who can benefit even more and just have dramatic changes in their quality of life. Um, that's what we hope, hope to get it to. So absolutely. And I think I, I'm hopeful that, I think that the name itself can be intimidating, but I'm hopeful that even CrossFit Precision Care will eventually be a resource for that, where maybe, you know, maybe someone's not ready to join a CrossFit gym, but maybe they, they start doing CrossFit Precision Care for their primary care. And then eventually they build up the confidence to walk into an affiliate, or maybe it's a friend or family member of someone who does CrossFit and they can use that as an entry point to eventually get to an affiliate. Because they're working with a doctor that's going to ha- co- connect them with the health coach that's going to prescribe them movement yeah. and nutrition and the things that really matter. <laughs> I was in I was in a supermarket before and uh, you know checking out at the cashier. I have all my stuff on the counter. Um, meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds. <laughs> no fruit, unfortunately. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I get, you know, she rings everything up. I get my, my price, what it's going to cost. I'm like, that's not bad, you know, enough to feed me and and my, and my wife um, for a week or so of food. And then I look behind me and there's a, a woman with, with her shopping cart up to, up to here. And, and you see, uh, you know, all the cereals and the sugary beverages and, and things like that. Um, and I try not to judge people, like, you know, you make your choices. What I, what I thought of was what came to mind was, you know, a lot of people like that. Um, I've heard say things like I can't eat healthy. It's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I would, I would imagine just looking at what she had, like her bill would be three times what mine was. Uh, and I, you know, and I am conservative. Yes. And I don't mind eating the same thing every day. Yes. But, but you look at, at what values people have and it's hard to see 
people's values aligning with health optimization when most people simply need to, you know, go from unhealthy, you know, disease ridden to now, you know, eating a vegetable Mm -hmm. or having, having different values around, around health. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll always, um, not always, I can't say always, but CrossFit will, will attract people who care more. That's, that's an obvious thing. That's what we tend to see a lot. The people that need it the most though, how do we reach them? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there's some, some like layers to that, right? Like there's this outer circle of people who just really don't care and don't value their health. And they're probably never going to be part of CrossFit. And I think if we continue to try to bang our heads against the wall and try to explain <laughs> to them like how it can help them, it's probably not gonna go anywhere. It's not gonna be the best use of our time. But I think there's also like, there is this very large population of people who just haven't gotten good information and are confused because mm. our food system, our healthcare system, like all these things that are confusing, like they go to the doctor and their doctor is just barely talking about nutrition or exercise and prescribing them more and more medication and telling them that they're doing great. Um, and, and I think those are the people that I see the most powerful changes happening when, whenever it is, whether it's, you know, they, someone who takes an interest in them and helps them start walking or like helps them start changing their diet. And then eventually they join a gym or, or even that I've seen, um, in practice that, you know, people have been frustrated. They've been, couldn't lose weight for so many years. And finally it's just having the right support team. A lot of times I think in people that believe in you, um, and give you the confidence to try, like most people know what they need to do. Um, and they're beating themselves up about it all the time, but I think that's one of the things that's most powerful about CrossFit is just the community. It's like, if you can get in the door, um, you're going to end up being successful just because of the community around you. It's something that I've seen time and time again, for sure. The, the success by proxy. Yeah. You the know, shit. like yeah. uh, people become friends and they want to see each other win and it's it's beautiful it's like you know and like something happens and somebody you know catches a cold and they miss a few days like they get concerned about each other it's 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 awesome really awesome that is so uh so powerful i'm sure because how how many other spaces can you feel that even with family because a lot of times we don't even see family that often. We see, we see our friends at the gym more often than we see, you know, some, you know, a lot of other people. Uh, and, and because you share that connection, that, that one thing of like, Hey, we both care about this. We care about like improving ourselves and improving our health and, and feeling good. That's a really cool. That's a really cool thing. Um, Julie, what's been the highlight of your day today? Um, well, it's about to be, well, aside from being on this podcast, um, yes. I'm about to go play pickleball with my dad. So pickleball. Have you that. played that yet? Have you played it before? I've played twice in my life. Um, but my parents like to play. And so I'm down here with them for Thanksgiving. So I'm excited to go play with my dad. Where, where is down here? 
Oh, in um, Fort Myers, Florida. Florida. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just learned about pickleball recently. Is that a relatively new thing? Or is it's, it? it seems, I just saw an article the other day that it's soaring in popularity since yeah. 2020. So it's becoming <laughs> the rise of pickleball 2020 i have no idea what it is so <laughs> they just built a new park near me and there's a uh, one of one of my clients goes there um and plays every day now yeah, yeah he's, he's obsessed with it <laughs> it's like a small tennis court it's a racket sport with like mm-hmm. a smaller racket and like a wiffle ball so it's a lot easier to pick up than tennis um it's kind of like playing ping pong, but on like a life-size court, I feel hmm. like. Okay. Um, I'm not very good at any kind of sports with hand-eye coordination, but at least this, <laughs> I can kind of play. <laughs> You're not good at a sport. What, what, what did you do growing up? Was it gymnastics, right? And then. Yeah. And then I did track in high school. So I've never done any kind of all sports. Oh, not my thing when there was a softball throw in the crossfit games i got last place <laughs> really i don't I remember think that oh i do remember that event it was really low <laughs> <laughs> what was it what was the goal just throw it as far as you can yeah, it was for distance oh, that's interesting do you yeah. think they would put anything like that in the games uh in the future probably not an isolated event like that but part know, of so. like part of something yeah, I think the sky's the limit. You can really do anything at the CrossFit Games. <laughs> that's, that's true. We've seen some crazy stuff. What's been your favorite uh, event when you were competing? Um, my favorite event was always the the whole day that we had at Camp Pendleton. It was a triathlon and then the obstacle course in 2012. It was just such a unique experience. It was so fun. That had to be cool how many how many people get to go to camp pendleton and and complete that obstacle course right yeah that's awesome especially if you're a civilian yeah Mm -hmm. what uh subjects shift here um one of the (laughs) (laughs) one of the reasons that i love sitting on the other side of this screen right now with the microphone is um because i i listen to podcasts on a regular basis and yours is uh one of the podcasts that uh i have consumed a lot of um and for those who don't know julie has a podcast called pursuing health um first question about your podcast is you know who's been your favorite guest that you've ever had Oh, that's way too hard of a question. (laughs) I can't, I'm really bad at ever choosing favorites of anything, but. Okay. Most um, interesting. I've had so many really amazing, interesting guests. Um, I think. So one that I've had recently that was really cool was Francis Collins, who's the director of the NIH. Um, And I had read his book, like. I think that same summer, maybe it's 2009, like 12 years ago, I'd read his book called The Language of God and it had a big impact on me. Mm. And he's also just such an amazing scientist and also does has he led the Human Genome Project. So there was just a lot of interesting connections between what I'm doing now and, and um, all the research that he's done that's laid the groundwork for it. So that was really cool for me to be able to do. Um, and he was just cool. He had, he was doing CrossFit in his garage at 70 something. So 
it was really neat. And then, um, I, my, the standout episode for me was the episode that you did with uh, Kelly and uh, his wife and where they talked about um, the schools and stuff like that uh, and how they were working towards developing like the, the standing desks and stuff for the schools like that. Um, what for you, like, like being able to have those conversations and talk with people who are on missions like you are, you know, like really big missions, like how, how does that make you feel to be able to, you know, help spread that to more and more people? Because like, you know, for me, it's like, that's why I wanted to have you as a guest, because I see the mission of CrossFit Health, the mission of uh, Precision Care, like I see it being something amazing for the future of 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 health in general so like what does that do for you having those conversations I think I'm always inspired I think that it's just it's incredible to see the things that people are doing and especially I mean really to me the number of people I've interviewed what's so cool is the number of people I've interviewed that are regular everyday people doing CrossFit that say CrossFit has saved my life. I mean, it's unbelievable the number of people that can say that. And it's, it's just so cool. Um, it just shows you how powerful this is and how life-changing it is. I think to me, that's some of the most exciting things. And then I think other people like, you know, Kelly Starrett and his wife, Juliet doing things. It's just, it's, it's a community that just really breathes excellence and people that are always striving to do better and make the world better and think bigger and it's it's really cool to be around because I think it makes all all of us better just to be exposed to to people like that and ideas like that yeah <laughs> Ron's a little starstruck right now just a, just a you know, uh, you, give, you do something long enough and, you know, like, I think it's human nature to you know, put people on a pedestal and, mm -hmm. you know, like, and just given the opportunities, you know, to sit here and have a conversation with you is incredible. Well, thank you. I'm so You're excited you were able to do this. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate you thinking of me. For sure. Thank you. And, and, you know, I don't know how much Ron, uh, told you about like what he told you about what we do what our um what we're working toward and what, our, what this podcast is for um you know in advance of this but we look for people who are um who are empowering others we look for people who um embody what we like to believe is um, a really good set of values and characteristics uh, that that lead to a more um, happy and fulfilled life. Um, and a lot of those people happen to be coaches. And a lot of those people happen to be in the CrossFit community. You know, we've interviewed so many, uh, so many people now, like so, a bunch of people on the seminar staff that we've become friends with that just like, that have this like vibrant personality and also care. And that's the big thing is the caring. Um, and then 
um, just people who want to make a difference and want to create impact and, and, and people do create impact. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. Um, so we're, we're really grateful that, um, that you got on with us today and, uh, and shared your story and, and, and we're a little vulnerable with us too, and shared that and, and shared your, uh, um, your vision for the future and your passions. And, um, I just want to say we're, we're grateful for that. I acknowledge everything you do. It's incredible. What is something you would, um, what is something you would tell someone who is um, on, on that, in that boat of like having had misinformation over time and really wants to make a change, like you'd said, what, what's something you would tell to that person? Mm. And we can leave with, we could leave with that because I, I love this question. <laughs> um, I think I think it's it's something about either something about not giving up or like I think sometimes people get so discouraged because they try so many different things and it feels like nothing's working and um or then they get down on themselves and I mean I've had this myself with things in life where you feel like well I felt just keep failing and failing and failing how am I ever gonna actually believe in myself that I can do this and I think it is it is like if you really want something and you believe in it you will find a way and and surrounding yourself with you know to do that I think you have to surround yourself with people who've done it, who are successful and who are going to lift you up and make you better and have a positive impact on you. And then you just figure out what they're doing and you do it too. So (laughs) it's, uh, it's that simple, you know, it's that simple, but I think that's what (laughs) works so well. It's because if you plug it in, you plug yourself into a community of of other people who are doing it day in and day out and are going to be positive and supportive and um, it's contagious. And so Mm. I think, at the end of the day, like it is, is true that quote about the five people you spend your most, most mm-hmm. of your time with who you'll be like. And so, like you said, if you spend most of your time with your friends from the gym, um, you're probably going to be pretty fit, pretty healthy. <laughs> I like that. I like it a lot. What's, uh, what's the best place people can uh, find you, hear you? How do you want people to connect with you? Sure. Yeah. My podcast is called pursuing health. And then, um, I'm on Instagram at Julie Fouché, just my, my full name. And those are probably the two main places to find me and then CrossFit precision care. You can learn more about at care.crossfit.com. What did I just do? Oh, I pinned Ron. <laughs> I meant to mute Ron. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice. Julie, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'd love to follow up when Precision Care blows up and, yeah, and hear the progress. Um, is the, do you have a timeline on like when expansion will happen or is that just happening now? Um, it should be throughout 2022. So I would say give us at least a year to get. That's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you, what you can do and um, and being a part of it for sure. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me on and your support. And please feel free if you ever 
have ideas or feedback or anything, I'd love to hear it. Definitely. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. So great to meet you. Yes. Are you enjoying this podcast? If you are, we ask that you help us out by going to your Apple podcast app and leaving us a five star review and write something up, write something that you like about it, write what your favorite episode was, write what you've learned, write what you've implemented, write what you have, whatever you want. Even if, if you don't like it, still do that. We wanna know some feedback and uh, see what we can do better. You could also head over to our Instagram, Mind Heart Muscle is the handle, and shoot us a DM or tag us in when in your uh, your podcast uh, screenshot when you listen to an episode. We would love to hear some feedback and love to see our fans um, talking about this and spreading the word. Share it with some friends. Share it with your loved ones. Share it with your dogs. This one especially this episode was uh was worth it so guys thanks again and look out for our next episode with the one and only dr julie fouché